1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Back in our regular Monday night spot, 8 p.m. And it is the Online Dance Live Lounge. Me, Phil, bars Jack, Jarwood, and Boise has decided to return after going and watching some dreadful football. Gentlemen, (laughs) good evening.
3: It's a dark show, thank you, Phil. Can't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: One of your best impressions, that is, mate. Well done. I thought Joe was back in a minute with
3: impressions. Can you (laughs) tap?
2: Um, welcome along everyone in the chat room as always for the usuals in Tommy Owen Craig Adrian Daniel Andrew Mike Kieran Matthew uh Paul Laura, Says greetings from Maisie hope you're good Maisie Aaron is in uh first of all our apologies Neil won't be joining us tonight because he's somewhere in the um in the Irish Sea because he ferry got delayed boysie
1: yeah that was the uh, message I got not to London though, that he He's delayed, so he's at sea, um, and he will be joining us in a few weeks. He will be joining us yeah. for, for a little bit of a debate about uh, World Champion, shall we say, but he will be joining us I'll very, say, what, very soon.
3: What, what terrible say? timing for the BBC World Champion to appear in the chat room. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: yeah, how are we doing, I hope you are. Good. Um, Bill, is it? actually fair, I stand by it. One sport, one World Champ. Peter Wright.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well did, um, I, I'm assuming you I'm assuming you watched the bots in the weekend where there was a world championship fight and then there's another one in a uh, few months I'm
2: <laughs> just saying about <laughs> world champion um, and, I, you, and you know I don't agree with that either <laughs> um, but boys it was um interesting to have a weekend off from competitive darts I know we all had other stuff on, but it was it was weird not to be checking results every five minutes.
3: I mean I was calling results instead of checking results, so yeah, it didn't really make a difference to me. It's quite fortunate actually because um this weekend was a rearranged county fixture and the chairman had forgot to let me know before Thursday night, so it was quite fortunate there was no PDC darts because they wouldn't have had a caller. <laughs> Don't
2: worry, we'll come on to calling shortly because, not for the first time, boys. Um, let's say other things in, <laughs> influenced our Premier League chat at some point um, as we we go through the night. Look, I think this is going to be a, a huge talking point of the show. What went down in Aberdeen for more than one reason? Uh, of course, Jim McEwan is in the chat room. Jim, hope you are good. I'll see you on the live league soon, mate, as well. Um, Happy birthday, you know the Easter,
3: He's Scottish Open yesterday, all the way down to the studio.
2: What's
1: well, to fault? I've got to do the same trip next week. You're an idiot. Shall I let the violin out now, or shall we save it till you next week? No, I'm
2: going to be bugging you all the way through
3: the night on WhatsApp. It's up, mate. What's going on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once the fallout. Then I step like, my girlfriend yeah, way too much now that I just zone out. It used to be like two o'clock in the morning, yet I still reply. Now it's phones on mute, turn it upside down in case it goes off, sleep by half ten, it's blitz. <laughs> um yeah. Um Steve is in as well.
2: But boys, we'll um we'll start with the the the, the Premier League and before we get pictures up and, and whatever, first reaction to um, Aberdeen, before we talk darts, what was, your, what was your overriding memory of the night?
3: Some darts was played. <laughs> same same memory as for every, every week, mate. Same memory of absolutely every week at the minute. Struggling to get excited about the matchups, the games, etc., because they just come round far too quickly, far too often, over and over again. Look, and that was a little bit of a criticism of the old formats. You can't say we'd rather go back and do that when it happened in the same. But at least that was, you played them once in the first 10 weeks and you play playing potentially again in the second block if you're still in the tournament. It's just so, so frequent right now that these guys are meeting each other that it's taking the gloss off those matches. It's taking the gloss off it if they then run into each other in a quarterfinal of a European tour or a pro tour or whatever else. And I think more and more people are starting to get just that
1: little bit bored of the Premier League. I will, I will add to that, Do, Just adding on to oh. that as well, I think, looking at Thursday alone, all that I agree with, but then the back end of the Premier League, I was looking forward to seeing a fight for the top four in the playoffs like we used to. And what were probably Thursday brought is that divide from four to five now probably means that the back end of the Premier League, we could be looking at just, once then, a night of the tournament on night 15 or night 16. We could be in Newcastle with absolutely nothing on it because that gap is just getting wider and wider. Do
3: you
2: mean yeah. Newcastle?
3: Which means Phil's the got to go all the right. way from Newcastle to Surrey in time for the seniors for the sake of what could be an absolute non-event in the Premier League. Because everybody's on there nobody cares.
2: It's almost a non-event in Dublin this week. Let's be fair, mm-hmm. the top four are almost that far. It's going to take one of Gezi,
3: Gary, um, Joe. Gary's gone. But it's going to Gary, and I'd, to get... Gary and I'd say almost as far as Michael Smith have gone. It would take something very, very special from Gezi and Joe Cullen right now. Well, they're probably going to have to win
2: at least two and get to a final, even to be in the equation. I think,
1: I think it's achievable. I think one of them just has to have the sort of James Wade run of constantly in finals. It's not about, for me, it's not about winning at the moment. It's not about winning the night. It's about having three or four weeks of constant finals. And yes, if you if you pick one up, happy days. But to then touch with them, it's not as if you're just trying to touch with Peter and James who are just five points away. They're also going to build points up as well and then build that dap. So it's about a run of consecutive semi-final finals than it is just having the odd win or the odd final. Um, but for me, that's probably what's taken away from this week, is looking at that lead table and seeing that we are six nights left, five nights left, is it, or wherever it is, and we're still already looking at, potentially, that the top playoff place is already set. They're just fighting for positions. Well,
2: we'll give you, we'll give you a little yeah. teaser. There is an interview coming this week with the current Premier League star that has his say on the format the first one to speak out
3: to be fair though the same player didn't like the old one either it's just not very good for him as a tournament but this is what the second, third different guys we've seen the Premier League in you've seen it normally, we've seen contenders we've now seen it in this eight man, every night matters format, let's go with that and the same issues are coming up. After 10, 12 weeks, people are bored. I genuinely don't think it matters what they do with this Premier League. Whatever format, even if they'd gone eight players on alternate nights and the opposite eight on the other half of the nights, as some people wanted, and then the top two from each of those, then go on and play the finals night, etc., or However creative you've got it, people will just be bored of it. Yeah. Because it goes on for too long, you need to cut five, six nights out, rotate them in every year. So, say Nottingham gets back-to-back years, and then it'll have a year off, etc. Every sixteen venues, every year we get two out of three if you drop it down to about ten. You have two years on, um, one year off. I, 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 so I
2: don't know. There's, there's some venues I don't think we need to have as well.
1: Yeah. Does it, need the O2. Uh, I think, I think this year okay. has shown that there's probably a few more than what actually we were saying before. I think before we was looking at one or two. I think it might be more than actually that, that couple that we actually need to. Oh. May, maybe not get rid of on my, on with is Maybe you don't need to remove any of them. You probably just need to rotate them, and then it makes it a bit bigger for that city that hasn't had it for a while. That has it a couple of years, and it's i was dis- i'm only done off the one night i've been to that was Birmingham and I was expecting that to be so much bigger and better considering we haven't had it there for a few years um and actually it was still it was still quite flat but if you're building that up for a couple of years instead of just a passing on of ticket as such over year on year it might have a bit of a different feel to it um the the, the format of that needs to be looked at the something that needs to be done in between those sort of quarter-finals and semi-finals and semi-finals to final. I don't think there's really enough being there. There's a bit of a gap. You don't have to walk onto them for the semis. It's just, for me, it needs to be looked at as an event. If they are building it as a, a one-off sort of tournament night, they need to still look at it as an event. But, you know, maybe putting an exhibition game in between the semis and final. I don't know, putting something to, to still entertain the, the crowd and give them something a bit different on that night.
2: Yeah. All right. Agreed. Um, exit is a must. Yeah. E- e- exit is a must because it's the only place they can get the players to buy that in time from. <laughs> um, Peter says, how are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm really good, mate. Thank you very much. Um,
1: all good. All good.
2: All good. Um, but yeah, we'll, um, we'll dive in.
1: So, so Phil, well, one thing we probably need to touch upon when we're talking about the moments from Thursday night, the one thing that will, I guess, we will remember a lot from Thursday night was the um, tributes that Stoy paid to Nigel Pearson. I thought they were absolutely spot on at the start um, during the show and also at the end. They deserve a lot of credit as the work he's done for not just darts but all other sports deserves an awful lot of credit. So that's probably the one thing that will be taken away from Thursday's coverage.
2: Oh, the, the, the tribute was brilliant. My only criticism was whoever was directing at the end you could see that Emma was struggling to keep it together in that moment and they kept the camera on her way too long we we're, yeah. were all screaming just get the camera off her you could see she was fighting back the tears because it wasn't emotional it was it was the thing it's like just get the camera off her and go to the ad break and let her compose herself again because Emma is absolutely 100 percent a class operator and it was just the cameraman it was just like just get the camera off
1: um, yeah generally but, Obviously, other than that moment, that isolated moment, but generally, the the tribute itself that the the put on for Nigel was uh, was fantastic.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, let's let's review and, and and let's go through. First up, Johnny Clayton against Gary Anderson. Look, Johnny didn't play well, God. But right now, there are I don't we say it every week, but every week the hole's getting deeper for Gary Anderson. I don't see where a win is coming from right
3: now. The throw has gone from looking... <laughs> I didn't see where the Nottingham win was coming from and I was sat there 100 yards away from him watching it happen live. Um, he just He's lost all motivation and he doesn't care. He's not the same Gary that's got that get up and go, that fight that was determined to prove everybody wrong constantly. He just doesn't have that in his locker right now. And once you lose, that's incredibly difficult to get that back again. And this sadly could see the dying embers of Gary Anderson's career. Well, I had a quick look
2: before we came on and he's in genuine danger of dropping out of the top 16 after the World Championships unless he pulls his finger, Boise.
1: Yeah, the the serious concerns. Dobbs just mentioned it there, the winning Nottingham came from absolute nowhere. When he looked at his Premier League, he's only won one other game other than that. That Nottingham night just shows that how disappointing it's been and it's the mot—it's the motivation from other players we'll see them going away and working on parts of the game. we've seen it with quite a few who have done away and, and done that um, James Wade probably being one of them who we saw drop off the Premier League and has done back and we've seen him put up such a good fight this year with Derry Anderson it's is that motivation there for him to to go on and put them errors in it, there's a lot of talk always about the uh, Practice he does with Ryan Searle How much does he actually do? How much is he actually sat there? He's what he says right, or he's what Bully Boys says right? Um I do, I do worry for him because the reason that that fight that we sometimes see from him, so something needs to rile him up. And then we need the sort of Wayne Mardell comments that we saw with the worlds, but 16 months ago to sort of summit sort of, to just drive him and get him back to the Darry Anderson that we all want to love to see because as soon as he's dropping out. And if he does get into a position where he's, you know, twentieth, thirtieth in the world and he's got a done qualify or potentially down into Euro events to do that, then there is a real worry there for him.
3: The thing is, comments we... like that only get him fired up in the very, very short term. It might put him put his back up for a week and a half and he might stand on the hockey of a little bit more aggression, but he's just not Gonna get them out of the case at home and practice and put the hours in. It's uh, rely on the talent for as long as it will keep him going. There are other avenues now, you could drop onto the seniors tour, you could go out and make exhibition and he'd be very, very comfortable for the foreseeable future with Gary. Without ever having to leave the closest lake to him and go fishing four days a week.
2: As I say, the, the old saying "hard work beats talent" when talent doesn't work hard is an absolute prime example, <laughs> as as we speak. And before we move on from from Gary Goggs, so I'm not bashing because he's an absolute gen. But right now, he's also played himself out of the Australian leg of the World Series. But one whether he wants to go is another issue. But form wise, he's actually playing himself out of even being spoken about. Yeah. Look-
3: his inclusion in the Premier League was a little bit of a surprise to be fair wasn't it let's be honest he was one of the ones that we were told retrospectively that actually he was in long before the debate over Rob Cross and Joe Cullen etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, um, which was a little bit of a surprise but this stint is not doing him any favours at all no go
2: on boys before we move on go on you can say it
1: no words, no words at all. I'll hand it off to Dob. Not a word to say. I can't yeah. say nothing. I'll yeah, be told
3: Robertson off. Just in a one four seven. I hope nobody's watching <laughs> the snooker back later. By the way, spoiler alert. Um, that was a bit of good. Spoiler alert. And let's <laughs> be honest. Look, <laughs> the there's night a night lot night. of <laughs> transfer ball and darts and snooker, etc. Mainly the people that run it. So we we do keep an eye out on it. But that's been coming this week. Ronnie had a crack yeah, at one. Yeah. Bingham had a crack at one. Karen Wilson had a crack at one. is playing Unreal. Mark Williams went back to back 147s in an exhibition about two and a half weeks ago in which he hit nine centuries on the night.
1: And and one of them happening always,
3: always, this always
1: throws up the same device. Always throws up the same device <laughs> about it, which, is which is more difficult. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Uh, to be fair, if it comes off, we are gonna do a good snooker darts cross at some point in the near future. So keep you right for <laughs> that. Um, moving on. Um, Peter Wright beating Joe Cullen 6'5, Boise, Snake Bite 103, average Cullen 96, a real a real good game of darts and, and snake bite coming out on top.
1: Yeah, a, a statement we saw on was it Wednesday from Peter saying he wasn't gonna change darts, he was gonna with going to see his World Championship darts and team him come out flying out the block sort of thing then he's not going to give anyone chances and to be honest that first time and then to that's what we seem to um, see from him. it was a very very good performance from Peter Wright probably then expecting him to push on um, and continue that form but he's in a very very strong position um, his aim as he said at the start of the year was to go on and win this I don't think he'll tear where he finishes uh, as long as he does on and lifts Premier League title this year, it's just about then into that top four. So, another a few points on the board certainly helps him. And as I said it was a very, very good vintage Peter Wright performance.
2: Then, arguably, the, the worst game of the night, job Um, but your boy came through it
1: waiting.
2: Who's gonna argue I with wasn't you on that? <laughs> <laughs> um. Your boy with some prime rating, only averaging
3: 89, but beating bully boy Michael Smith 6'5". Yeah, it's not the high-flying stuff we've seen at times from waiting in the last couple of weeks, but again, it's a job done. And look, Gary's lost to Johnny Clayton, I think 100% put him out. Michael Smith's run of fixtures for next few weeks does not get any easier. It's the Premier League, of course, doesn't get any easier. But when you've got a chance to get to James Wade that's only averaging 89 to get through the first round for the first time in a while and get yourself into one of these nights, the only player that hasn't won one, you have to take those chances. Even though Wadey has the darts in the last leg and and whatever else, you have to find a way
2: Yeah, to get over the line.
3: and, And he didn't.
2: But the last quarterfinal, MBG blowing away going Price Boise with a stunning performance, almost one oh seven from from MVG and price was in the game early doors but from three two down I think MVG was the afterburners went on and it was it was vintage.
1: Yeah but it, it's what we've now getting used to then with them with MVG. We've seen that he can go on and, and blitz the player don't run off three or four leads of top quality probably stand out for me in this one He's finishing and then just lots back to what we've seen before at his best and yeah. um for him to do this to Derwin Price, obviously, there's a lot of question marks since the boxing announcement, injury sort of thing. But as you said, early on, he was, he was totally in this game. And then it was just um, a masterclass at this stage from MVG, who, for me, is looking like one, of, if not the best player in the world at the moment in current form. Um, the numbers is it to beat him. You have got to play some outstanding stuff. Um, yes, obviously he's not winning every week, but he's got a few wins and he's in a, a very good position. I think the start of the Premier League, there's not many people who would have probably tipped him to be there, coming in with the form that he had. And obviously the uh, the unfortunate of him dropping out the World Championships, you're not sure how he'd react to that. So for him to be where he is and to be playing the darties has has been an incredible few months for him, um, and this one just showed that with those last four legs.
2: Yeah, uh, Simon. No, no comment on on Elon Musk buying online darts at the moment, under confidentiality rules. Um, semi-finals. Um, Johnny Clayton silenced the, the Aberdeen crowd, but this was a really, really good game. Um, God, and it, it was one that could have gone either way, but in the end, it was it was the Ferret who found something in that in that last leg. It wasn't these
3: two when they get going and battle it out. I think we've seen different sides of these two throughout this Premier League campaign. They've not been their brilliant best all the way through it. We've seen when they're at their very, very top, they're virtually unplayable. We've also seen them pick up or wins on a lot of the field by not performing at their very, very top level. Um, Johnny, I think we could definitely have seen signs of a blip earlier on in this campaign. Just the fact it was every single week coming quick and fast at you Peter. Was it the tinkering? Was it God knows else what? If he stays with these darts, said it since the match play last year, he can go on and do very, very special things. He did do very special things. He won the match play and the world championship with them last year. Um But yeah, look, decent match. Johnny with the advantage of throwing a in a little I don't know what the, I can't think of the word is. A little attribute of the format that perhaps we're not so keen on. Why on earth they're not just well, bloody pulling off every game It's beyond me um, uh, To be fair, on the
2: same interview we touched on earlier on He has his say on this as well but...
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> Does he have his he's, say on he's, how he's... often he plays Certain people in the same quarter as him as well?
2: Uh, yes, his words were I, I think I'm only in the same half as Peter Two or three times Yet I'm in the same side as Michael For the other 14 or whatever it was there, it has been duly noted by the players. Um, but the second semi-final, uh, voice, this, this was one that you just kind of felt that Wade was hanging on to his coattails, that Michael was a level above in this game, but was in and around it until Michael, he did find the afterburners in the end. But you were just starting to think, surely Wade can't win this game with 10 points in the averages.
1: But, yeah, you do think that. However, as soon as you see the name James Wade, if one player's going to do it in this Premier League, it's going to be Wade to do it. MVG found it then, started a bit slower and then then pushed on. Um, When we're talking about the the Premier League and this top four that have pushed away, and I was the one to bring it up to say that it looks a bit clear, Wade's the one with those question marks still, just on the basis of, obviously, not a great week this week. And then looking at his next two weeks, he really needs to up that early on. He's got MVG, Thursday and then Johnny Clayton the week after. Yes, he probably won't drop out if he loses them two games, but what it would do is close that gap and probably apply a bit of pressure going in. So, these performances, yes, he will pick up points, still the back end of this Premier League playing like that, as we saw him do that against Michael Smith. But what he won't do is, if he didn't perform like that, get the better of MVG and Johnny Clayton and those likes of players, potentially even Peter Wright in that mid. So, he needs to still get a few more points on the board and he needs to play a lot better than what he did in Aberdeen to get those.
2: Just Before we go on and talk about the final, it's time for my... I'm going to gloat now because God did it the other week. I, um, I got the finalist and the winner right this week, boys. Just like to to point that one out.
1: I'd love to be in that position one week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just just putting it out there after God had great delight in clipping it all up for social media. I haven't gone that far. Not, not, not like that. But I am um, called both finalists and the winner.
1: That means we'll see it um, sometime in the next 24 hours then? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, On to onto the final. Look, first of all, Let's not distract from it. It was an absolute great game of Darts, God. Let, let, let's get that bit right, first of all. It was a fabulous game. Yes, we have got plenty of talking points off of the final. But first of all, as a Darts show, it was a great spectacle.
3: Yeah, it has been the last couple of times these two guys have met. It was sort of the running joke. Can these two play each other? every week because it just keeps delivering them in manchester 109 average paid 105 it was just they're just delivering they're just at a very very good level and look it's very very hard to disagree with what mark webster said afterwards right now yeah
2: no it, it is
3: like um I, I... all right i'll do all so this I'm... let's do what, if we am gonna tee you up <laughs> for it press the button phil Come on, man. on! <laughs> <laughs> that was like well, the volleyball set-up. It's
2: only a short but sweet one, but this is Mark Webster. Proper final. Them two boys, uh, uh, the top two of the world for me at the minute. Forget the ranking. Them two are the best two players for me when they're at it. They always bring out the best in each other, and we see it throughout this Premier League. We'll carry on seeing it, and it was, it was a great way to finish in Aberdeen. Shame about the crowd involvement, but I thought it was a fantastic night.
3: There you go. Perfect, perfect from me. Set you up. Just, just press that little clip. Oh, you mean this clip from Webby? Oh, as he mentioned the crowd? Right, let's talk about that. <laughs> and I'm watching a snooker. Some of us are professionals here. Right. Question uh, we'll, we'll marks.
2: Um, <laughs> we'll come on to the crowd in a minute because we've, we'll do the table on that first because this is going to this is going to take some time and I know this is. Gonna
3: get. Why is it? In, in. Because I just know it is. I don't think it is. We're all um, gonna sit here. We're all gonna slag off the individual idiots, and we're gonna be like, "What a state to this." But okay, but let's do the let's do the look, table. Um, these photos what? are idiots. I feel so bad. For, <laughs> look. Fair yeah, play, you 10 grand up. For 10 grand, there's not a lot I wouldn't do, to be fair. But taking these photos every week must be the pain of these players' lives. <laughs> it is It is interesting, isn't it? The, um, I still can't get over how bad the stage looks. I really don't like this look. I would like the grey... I prefer, I prefer this to one to... The... No.
1: No, this is better than dry dob. This is a lot better than the dry oh, one.
2: It's hundred
1: percent. 100%. It's hundred percent. It's that's not worth a debate. This is definitely better. It's still not good. <laughs> I'm not saying it's very good at all. It's just better than the other one. The dry one was, <laughs> was a choice, to put it lightly. Um, we'll
2: do the table like we we spoke on the divide. on on, on the divide and and, and there it is um i think it's only joe that arguably doesn't need to win a night if he can pick up yeah cut the semi-finals cut the finals the rest are all in need of nothing but wins i think we're we're all in agreement there
3: yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. Michael Smith is a quarter-final loss away from being out of it. Gary Anderson, what is that, 25 points left. I just don't see him picking up all 25. It's just not happening. I don't see him picking up 10, to be honest. Um, Joe would need off. Peter to fall off a little bit, I think. Yeah. Whereas Gezi is on the opposite half of the draw to Joe and uh, to Peter right and all lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think the the one in there, looking at it, obviously we're looking at probably Michael and Darian now out of contention. Fifth and sixth now meet each other this week. Um, this week, loser of that and probably find themselves in some real damage. We're saying that Joe might get away with a couple of final if, spots. If and Gezi then loses win the loses, yeah, I think he's in a lot of trouble
3: because that's I over
1: think, yeah, I think if Desi loses, everybody. in a lot of trouble. I I really think if Joe doesn't pick up points this weekend because Joe's that'll be looking at any opportunities playing Desi, Michael and Darry, the points are needed. If he doesn't pick up points then then Desi the week uh, on Thursday, I think saying the weekend on Thursday, I think he would be in the same boat where he needs to then go on and pick up another night. Um so that's a crucial day in this week. Um because it's a must win for both.
2: I am in agreement with you. Uh evening uh, Jack, hope we are good, and we have a clip from the ferrets, and, and this is interesting. Uh, it's about a minute long, so enjoy. And this is the first time, boys, I've heard anyone real speak out properly about it. No, it was a bit weird to be honest. Like, um
0: no, listen, when it's all the same, like boom, it's the same kind of tone. It's a bit of banter kind of thing, but. In the end, it was just—it was, ter- you know, it was terrible. It was like the whistling were against myself when I swung for double. But sometimes, when they do that against the player, okay, the, the player thinks, "Oh, come on, just, just do it and shut them up." But it also affects the guy that's from behind because obviously Michael is trying to beat me. But in his head, probably, he's thinking, guys, just be quiet, because this guy's throwing, trying to throw darts. They pay silly money to come in, you know, or, or however. There's a group of them come in and pay, pay whatever for tickets. Don't they want to watch the best darts they can possibly throw? I just don't understand it. You know, the whistling is ridiculous at the end.
2: There we go, boys. The first one to, to properly
3: speak out about it. We've seen others speak out a little bit. I think Joe Cullen made very, very similar comments, uh, whether that be at Euro Tour or back end or something earlier in the year, and he pretty much said exactly the same thing: that a constant wall of noise, you can get on with your job at hand. that like you can want to hit it to shut them up, booing, give it them back a little bit, etc. But when it is individuals at every single event. That are whistling and shrieking and, and all those things that we we keep going on about that their only aim is to okay. deliberately make the player miss. That's where we've got an issue.
1: What well, what I'll probably find interesting on that one though, Phil and Johnny's mentioned there that we probably don't looked it from from this handle is that actually Johnny's mentioned there the impact it can also have on Michael. So whoever's doing it is. I'll be nice to it's and Tullamath and play and Muppet for now. But the fact that they're trying to do that, to have an, a negative impact on how Johnny's throwing, but actually the knock-on effect is that it has an impact on the game. And sometimes we've seen it, that actually it's risen that player and that the other player has, has dropped significantly. as we've seen it with Michael Smith, probably one of the best at trying to let the, the, the crowd to to calm down and not boom and whistle the player. We've seen there is other players that do it as well. Um, but the impact it can have on the game itself and to Johnny's points, which is spot on. When I go to a darts event and 99.9% of the people want to walk away seeing the best darts that you can possibly say. You want to see nine darters. You want to see 180s. You want to see bid outs. What you? I don't know why you would want to be booing someone to try and lower that level of performance from both players. It's just ridiculous that you would that anyone would go with that mindset. And I can only think... the reason that is, is because they're not there for that reason. It's either drinks, work, do, um, or the other one, which is probably key to it, as we've seen with messages of people there, is that someone's betting on someone and them doing it to sort of have an impact to make sure that they don't lose out. And we've seen, obviously, messages that players have shown that they've received. Any of those reasons still doesn't make it right. You Yes, you cheer someone. Yes, potentially you can do and boo someone. And as Johnny's mentioned, we're sort totally of used to that, whether we try it or run, but that one noise is fine. It's the fact that it's someone deliberately doing something that's different to the rest of the crowd to have an impact on that player's throw is just totally random. We should see them, and hopefully, they are looking at them throwing these people out. Yeah, I know it's the end of the night in this one, but there was noises we've seen before in quarterfinals and semi finals, and they should be chucked out.
2: Yeah, uh, Mason's in. Hope you are good, buddy. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, but th- th- this is the thing: it's how do you police it? Because there isn't that much security in relation to the people in there. So if you've got a lone one on the side, it's easy to point out. But we've all seen what they're like. If you've got one or two that are slap bang in the middle of the arena, whistling, it's hard to police.
3: It's hard to get you in think there. It, if people aren't just doing it once, are they? If they do it once and they see security around them, that's job done because I've stopped doing it. If every venue's got two or three, especially for the Premier League, two or three people in the security team whose exact job is identifying and removing people that are whistling, you will find these people and you will dig them out because they're not just doing it once do it once, most shouts, most whistles, whatever, you can tell the general direction that they come from. That team then moves to go and stand in that vicinity, wait for it to happen again, you isolate a little bit more.
1: I also think that to probably follow that up with it's not always an answer from it initially, but just a statement, or something releasing or when when the titits are on there around what should be given. there's always something on the titties around football followers. It's clear that you don't see anyone at Dart in, the, in their club shirts or whatever. And it, it's clear that's on there that you won't be allowed in. It should also be clear on there or on the email or on arrival that if you are found doing that, and sometimes just that threat of that could be enough for certain individuals. Yes, it might not be for all, but if we could start looking at an initial approach before, you know, it, it comes that we are looking to chuck people out because no one wants that. But equally, we don't want these idiots stopping the, the performance of the players or putting them off in any way so for me they've got a pdc first should be looking at getting something out or releasing something to these ticket holders so not only that you'll be chucked out that you also won't be returning and it's the responsibility of the pdc tv member and then it will have an impact if i've paid 50 pound for my membership and i've done with dob and dob's booing or not booing, whistling and doing something like that, I would be having a word with him as a mate to say, you know, you're going to toss me coming to these events in the future. There's something there that could be done. There's different ways to look at it, but there's other organisations that do stuff um, in all kinds of different sports, but they've got to look at something because it's having an impact more and more frequently. And it's not just as well, sorry, Phil, it's not just before we had these complaints month on month around how bad it was in Euro tours and how bad it was and someone's coming up against then Matzop in Germany, for example, and how, how bad their crowd was for stuff like that. It's not now, now there. It's happening way, way too much in the UK. Um, and we've seen it in Premier League nights where the majority of them are in the UK. And we need to take a lot of blame and make sure that's changed and thought out very soon. I
2: was about to say, May said it in the chat room, it, it has a football mentality. And look, I'm not condoning this one bit, but... it. It almost went, right, after the stick Gezi got, especially the back end of the year last year, that it almost felt, going to Cardiff for night one of the Premier League, the Welsh were like, we're sticking up for our man here. Everyone else is getting it. And vice versa, the Scottish have gone, they're getting it. We're sticking up for our own. I'm not condoning it, but it certainly does feel that there's a chain of reaction here that, that is going on.
1: Yeah. yeah, which I mean, is yeah. fine. That, Durbin Price and Johnny Clayton should have that level of support extra to the other players in Wales. Or if we have, I don't know, we've seen MVG in Holland and all that sort of thing. But if we have another player, I mean, if like Jose was back and we moved it to Portugal, you would expect a big fan base in there for him. It doesn't mean that you should be putting the other player off. You should be supporting your player. And yet, Lloyd like says I'm not opposed to the booing. It's a bit pantomime. I'm not. It's, it's a general feel within that stadium. It's just one constant noise across. It's the fact that they are, by supporting Gary and Peter, which it was early on, they were doing stuff to put off Johnny in both of those days, And then that carried into that final game, because Johnny was the villain from beating the Stocksmen in the quarterfinal and the semi-final. Otherwise, if Johnny would have come through the other section, it would have been MVG Boone. It was nothing personal than to Johnny, and I'm sure he knows that. But it was the fact that he's just knocked out Darren Emerson and Peter Royce in Scotland, which had that impact. But it's supporting someone, not doing the opposite to, you know, the other player that's having an impact on his performance. Just not right for me at all.
3: Can't even say there's a fine line between support and abusing an opponent. There's not. There's quite a clear, big, massive, bold line saying shout cheer for your player the minute your opponent's at the hockey shut your mouth just don't do it
2: i'm going to throw this one in the mix do the pdc one want to do anything about it remember barry's very famous line once all publicity is good publicity if people
3: are talking about darts that is good yeah but it's the same people talking about darts now it's not drawing anybody new in it's not engaging in in a wider audience going oh yeah did you see what happened in the darts because it's such a frequent occurrence and now the players are speaking out i genuinely don't think the pdc have a choice And and the problem is if the PDC wanted to do anything, or in the past, etc., they would have done. This is very much a rod of their own making. They build the uh, the World Championships as the best stag do, Christmas party in town, etc., and it's expanded into the rest of the game. We took it the Euro Tour to, to Germany and beyond, and behaviour was allowed to escalate there a little bit, shall we say. We're not saying the UK crowds have ever been absolute angels, but the minute that the PDC had to step in was the minute that Blackpool and the Winter Gardens became engulfed in this behaviour as well, because that has always been the Mecca slash Holy Grail, you get proper darts fans in Blackpool, they're all well behaved if they you you won't get that if you go up there, etc and the other year when Phil played MVG and it was an absolute bear pit it started to turn a little bit there but the last two or three times we've been up there now it has been just as bad as everywhere else in, in the world. And at that point, you're sort of losing it.
2: All I'm saying is we had Brussels at Lakeside this year as well, didn't we, Boise?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that until you just said it. <laughs> yeah. T- uh, the the look, thing is, I, really... I, I get your, your point of the... All the all publicity done publicity. The, the problem is we've had an outstanding final and we've we've spent two times as much time talking about what's happened with that throughout the night than we have that final and that's that's what it's it's came to on some nights the darts hasn't been fantastic, so it would be understandable but actually there was a, it was a good night in Aberdeen there was some very, very good matches there and unfortunately what's come away from that is, the, the I don't want to say the crowd behaviour, because it be run on probably like it says the majority of the fans that were there, but that p- small percentage who was causing that whistling and creating that sort of noise, and and how much we heard of that in the final for me, I don't know where they've not spotted them individuals. Does it, it? wasn't around. It seemed to be come from the same sort of area. So they've got them all. Fair. The fact that they've got to
2: the tune was the issue. It wasn't even
1: There's just a whistle, he was playing the tune. Yeah. Um, that, that's, yeah. All, that's also the point, is you're right in, in, do they do they want to stop it? Do they want to really have that impact? And the only way all that'll happen is by the players all coming sort of together to, to raise those sort of concerns and asking more what can happen. Because what you don't want to see is someone like Michael putting in a a fantastic final performance. Yes, not getting over the line, but then he's leaving the stage annoyed with other issues and not that he's just lost today, because that's what it seemed like. Obviously, it wasn't just the crowd why Michael was annoyed, but
2: anyone,
1: anyone think you knew what the script boy see? See, that's how you do it, Dob. That's how you do it. Our line him <laughs> up. That, okay, he's on.
3: Don't stitch me up with this. Mine was
1: perfect. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that that was coming, and mine worked better than yours.
3: Exactly. I'm teeding up for it. In fact, why are you blaming me? I'm blaming Phil. He presses the
2: bloody buttons. <laughs> um, the other talking point away from darts was the heated argument between Russ Bray and Michael Van Gogh at the end of the game, gents. Both giving it some on on the stage, and it was interesting backstage afterwards. It was a little bit fruity as well. Um, An interesting one. Is there is there a right and a wrong in this one?
1: Like I said there's more there's more that could be done. However, it's what instruction is given to the PDC staff and Russie's a death part of that, of when they should and shouldn't announce stuff to the crowd, because on Thursday, it was having no impact whatsoever. Um, the one thing Funny I thing you would say play is, play. I do, yeah, I do think Michael dot got a point here. I know there's a lot of times when people have thrown up that it can be a sore loser. Um, but any, any great winner is a sore loser. Um, so we're done at that point. We've just seen it on stage. That's the difference. The amount of players who lose and back stage and are, are the same. We've just seen it publicly from Michael a few times. But probably the top 32 in the world are all the same. <laughs> when they've lost, they've lost. I think Michael's got a point here, um, personally. I
2: think, I think the one that he had the right hump with was on the 85 when... He is almost where well, he is. He started his action, and Russ has turned round, turned his body around, and give a thank you. And the 85 was matched arts, God. I think that's what really upset him. It wasn't just a microphone up, it was a whole turn of the body.
3: Yeah, look, I spent all weekend calling. You're very, very conscious of any little body movement, any little action, trying to rock and get a view of. Are darts in a double? Are they not? Etc. See, Russ doesn't have a big light ring in the way, so it's a lot easier from that perspective than what I'd be doing. But I, I can't pin any blame on the referees. Russ is just trying to manage the game in the situation and as fair for both players as possible. I genuinely don't think they've ever been given any direction from the PDC. And if they have, it's just don't address it, just let it go on. I don't think the referees have been told. This is what you need to do if it gets too bad, or this is what needs to happen here, there, and everywhere. Um, we've seen George Noble take it into his own hands a couple of times on the Euro Tour, but the minute the sky cameras are rolling, completely different. Never really seen it that way, it's always been on PDC TV and, and Euro Tour, etc. Never really seen Kirk have a go. Um, don't recall Paul Hinks having a go, maybe God, thank you, but that was the amount of times they don't even look at the crowd to say it, as if to say, this is for you. And I just think that this is the situation that PDCs are making. Yes, for Michael, that exact moment would have been incredibly frustrating. Any sort of movement, any sort of motion out the corner of your eye, it can be enough to put you off as a player. But at the same time, I think Michael's been... Revered for his sporting integrity at times over the last couple of years, being gracious in defeat, etc. He, he knew full well the whistles and everything that's going on there, and Russ is trying to address that more than trying to put Michael off. And I just think at that moment, yeah, right, ten grand's a lot of money, possibly not to Michael van Gogh yeah, and wanting to etc. But no,
1: just on that, I don't I think, think I don't mean, obviously I'm not saying Russ has done it deliberately at all to put Michael off. I just think Michael's to a right to feel aggrieved at, at in this at this point, as Phil said, because he has had an impact on indowing four match darts. I'm not at all saying that Russ has has done anything deliberately there. The worry is there that you are probably right that there is no direction and maybe there should be direction to what Russ and what George should do to George got applauded and massively I didn't see, for what he did recently and he deserves a lot of credit for weather, that. But there should mean, be direction the, the letter,
3: top so. yeah. A couple of people having a pop at him saying useless blah blah and he's like, We need to say it after the leg's gone, he's like, It's the last leg. Trying to make sure that the players can finish the game in the best way possible, etc. He's like, I can't tell the crowd best best of order for match darts if the match darts have already been and gone sort of thing. So that the moment between Johnny collecting his darts and the next player being at the hockey is very, very small especially the pace that some of these guys like to play at these two in particular. And it really doesn't help that the man in green is one of the worst in the business at encroaching the exclusion zone, which means he's there even quicker than anybody else. Anyway,
2: a couple of people, it, it wasn't the last leg in particular that MVG had the humpback. The only thing I will say, and I'm going to to work this right for me. George Noble is the best referee in the business, bar none. And I do think he'd have handled the situation better because all Russ did probably five or six times would say, thank you. After twice doing that mid-leg when they're going for a double, I I genuinely think um, George would have stopped them starting the next leg and then gone and given them a ticket off. Because this, this was happening from what leg five or even before that leg five leg six somewhere around there
3: this was happening i love to agree with you because we've seen that behavior from george on the euro tour but george was in leicester last year at the grand prix when it was terrible and he's been involved in his premier league so far and we've not seen that from i genuinely think once the sky cameras are rolling the refs have been given a different directive
2: and for George, me, then, for me, then... got a
3: better for George than any of us, but I genuinely, whether that's true or not, from the outside, that's what it looks like. It looks like the referees yeah, but, are told to just ignore it as much as they physically can and try and do the bare minimum to make it look like it's being addressed. But actually, if it carries on, the, the fault is still very much on the crowd. And again, this is where the yeah, BDC are absolutely hanging them out to dry. They have to come out strong with it. That's,
1: and that's, for me, the thing. PDC needs to come out and something needs to be done about it. Also, for me, because he's tried it two, two, three times and it's had no impact, I'm not sure that's going to make a difference saying it six, seven, eight, nine times, the same thing over and over then, or at this point raising it. Yeah. It was too late at this point. It was it was already, it said, like it says, thank you quite a few times. I I just think it was the run time to... to so get involved. That last lead should have just been played out with nothing mentioned. To the George point, i agree read he's not done it in a Premier League, and there might be a different direction on TV. But that's that happened earlier on in the game. When it's happened earlier on, this was happening from the start. So to then try and say something to him in the last lead for me seems completely pointless. If what's worked before has had no impact, and um, that's why yeah. I can understand Michael's frustrations. Lloyd like says it's just well, different because his frustrations Just that I right. had publicly. Just, he reacts straight away, whereas some players will have that minute or two and then, trust well, me, have words Michael in the
2: back. Michael came into the press room afterwards, and I can say this because there was he said it in front of everyone, so it's common knowledge, that his exact words were, the crowd are the crowd. I don't care if they boo, whistle against me, for me or whatever. His point was he was raging with Russ. None of his frustration... Was to do with the crowd? And he came in and said that in front of the whole press room.
1: Yeah. I, I, think that's I a get his frustrations.
3: Frustration. I get and str- I... frustrated in that moment on those match starts. But Michael is one of the strongest voices in the PDC. If, if he says jump, an awful lot of people say how high. And at that point, he could quite easily turn around and go, actually, I'm with Johnny here and I'm with Gezi here and I'm with whoever else here. Because he's had it towards him in the past and he probably will have it towards him in the future as well he's not he's not the 100% most likeable player on the circuit he doesn't get love absolutely everywhere he goes, there's an awful lot of Darts fans out there that love to see Michael Van Gerwen fail and in doing so they will boo and whistle him at exactly the same time and he could collectively made a statement there and gone actually, yes it's cost me tonight, I admire Russ for having a go and trying to do something but it clearly wasn't working. Johnny nearly affected a very great game. I'm with Johnny. I'm with the rest of the players. Something needs to be done. And if the players start speaking out like that, action is taken. Because there's an issue here now, in that if individual players speak out, individual players get picked off by the crowd. Go in price. He's always had a love-hate relationship with the crowd. But the issue is, at times, he's not known when to not say anything. And when he's the only one speaking out about them, they're going to get their backs up. You go to an event, go in Price at not fans in a venue, you're going to get it. Now Johnny's speaking out. Unless everybody else follows him, I don't know how you can boo a man like Johnny Clayton, but he genuinely could be the next one to be targeted by crowds wherever you go.
2: All I'm saying is, after Steve Beaton was booed at the Worlds, no one's off-limits.
1: No one's yeah. safe. And I, was, I was going to add to that. As much as I understand, and I've sort of done sided more towards Michael air. The disappointment thing with that sort of line he said, and I'm sure I, he would tweet it probably slightly, is that the whistles, the booming, I don't care about them. For me, the players need to be sort of united in the, the whistling aspect of it. And as Dob says, they all need to bring that up. Because I think as soon as they're all saying it, that's when we'll see it. So that was probably the disappointing part of MVG saying, like I says I understand these frustrations at that moment. Um, but I'm just back to the whistling and then to do a in. But the whistling just needs to stop and they need to come out and all be speaking about it. Um, and not individuals and also not when it's just happened to them. You know, we've seen it where sort of someone's beat someone and the opponent's had it. It's then that you need to be mentioning it as well, because it's always mentioned as sort of a sore loser, as having that sort of side. We've seen it with there's a lot of time. We need it at other times and it needs to be raised a lot more from the players.
2: Yeah, we're certainly got the chat room, chat room going. It's, it's it's good. Some absolute superb comments in here, welcome to everyone who is joining us as well. Look, I just don't think there's an easy answer to this because I think it's gone too far almost to, to get back. Um, but time will tell.
1: I, th- I think there's I think there's small steps though that the thud take now, as we've mentioned. Just you know, an email to people who are thumbing. A, a message on arrival, just little small steps now to, to try and have that impact and try and change that culture, and then see if that works. And then if it does, then obviously you don't need to look to it. You might still have and you probably will still have the individual idiots, but then you can look at them and isolate like them. It's just getting bigger and bigger at the minute and the, the biggest one recently and the worst one was Leicester and it seems to have built and built in the UK since then last year. Obviously we didn't speak about too much pre COVID but we had it a bit in Blackpool, but then Leicester was really bad for me. And um, being there a few nights, once I was there with the pair of you in Leicester, and we, we saw that a lot more frequently and not just up for doing. I thought the Worlds was worse than Leicester. Yeah, it was. Sorry, I was saying now, Phillies. Leicester yeah. sort of was the big impact from the UK and He was having that knock-on effect.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it did. It did that worse at the Worlds, but. It seemed to be the starting point in the UK getting really bad, and having bit having the being the talking point that night instead of actually the fantastic dart we see from these players week in week out.
3: Where do we think the PDC reluctance comes from? Is it the minute you admit you've got a, the minute you acknowledge it, you admit you've got a problem, and at which point they're worried about less people attending? Do they do they genuinely think that? marketability and and ticket sales will take a massive hit by admitting that there are individuals at their events that are causing the players issues. Because when they reconfigured the World Championships, they could have sold out that tournament four, five times over. That's why they made the change to turn it around rather than leave the venue. But they made sure that they had that excess demand for tickets. More so in the peak sessions, and as your quarterfinals, semifinals approach, four, five times demand trying to get those tickets rather than perhaps your random Tuesday afternoon in the middle of December. But why is why are they not addressing it? Apart from Barry's, oh, it's it's good press. It's not good press. I'm fed up of hearing that. Well, interestingly, Johnny...
2: When he came off stage before his media, he told me this at the exhibition, but he, he said it anyway, he was asked not to mention the crowd in his post-match. And don't have a go at the crowd.
1: Which sort of says it all. To, to your point, Dob, for me, it's the, the financial sort of reason is why they're not. I don't think they would take the blame as such, but I think the reason they won't mention it is the concern of would it have that, how much of an impact would it have financially if people are not coming for the the big sort of piss up they are coming for the the weekend away, you know, minehead sort of thing or the World Championships for the do That's sort of probably the impact they're looking at I not think of any other reason why they wouldn't, because as a spectacle, you'd still want it to be the best and not have the whistling in there. Um, From your point, Phil, I guess on the Johnny being told sort of says what we're saying, as you asked earlier on, would the PDC want to change it right now? And the the answer we all thought was no. And that probably clarifies that point, doesn't it? Which isn't right. It isn't right at all.
2: It will. It will be interesting to see in Dublin this week, because obviously there's no Irish players in there. They're who they're, they're almost neutral. In, in In respect there's no Irish, so who are they going to boo, cheer, whistle? It'll be interesting to see the difference at the Three Arena this week.
1: Probably in in any other sport you'd probably looked at it that way, but for me the the photos will, You'll hear the the boo straight away as soon as you start hearing the roar of Derwin Price from the walk. So as soon as you hear Tiety Perry. As soon as you hear Katie Perry, that's sort of where. <laughs> <laughs> See, I went I went with a roar, and I thought you'll take it whichever way you want. We it's first check out or the song, um, but yeah, you're gonna hear it straight away there, and it then. What this tournament can happen is we can see that sort of not on effect. As that's all it was with Johnny. For me, Johnny can be back in Aberdeen next year, get to the final, or go one and win that night, not play a Scottish player, and he'll be one of the best supported there. It just happened to me that that night he had to knock out Darryl Peter to go one and win it. Yeah. Um, right. Um,
2: plenty of anything else happened this weekend we haven't got slides for these but because just basically didn't have a chance but Scottish Open boys um WDF event it looked rammed up there the pictures we saw on on, on social media um and James Hurrell defeats Ryan Murray in the final club
3: I saw three darts of this final just to find out who was on commentary because I can't lie. I was watching the snooker and I just finished refereeing thirty-six games for the weekend. But yes, James Harold does. Is he still? I presume that means he's still WF number one and that books his spot yeah, and Duff's... Lakeside next year already, I believe as well. So there's a couple that Is it have Neil already booked their spots. I think after I think winning the worlds, Neil Duff went to went to one.
1: Yes, he might have done. Um, I
3: don't think it's on Darts' rankings.
1: (laughs) Yes, Neil Duff's Duff's number one, James Hall's number two.
3: Um, Henry says, James overtook him by winning that event. James is back to world
1: number one. There we go. WDF website is not updated as Neil is still number one,
2: but there we go. some some interesting names in in the mix as well. Good to see Jamie Lewis get into a semi-final. Um we we'll see also Aaron Monk, Dave Prince from the Seniors, Jim McEwen, Dave Pallet all making quarterfinals. It was it was interesting. There's some, some interesting names up there.
1: Yeah, getting to sort of the um last thirty-two on Sunday, there were some very, very interesting names. Some players who obviously the live lead we've seen them in, but that sort of side on a PDC stage, some we haven't seen for a couple of years. Um, Jim, obviously, who was unlucky, unlucky at the world, putting a couple of the performances, just turned up. But when he faced James Hall in the quarterfinal, James Hall just put in his best performance of the weekend, uh, averaging 101 to the better of Jim. Jamie Lewis, it's a shame that we saw him drop off and. From a lot of his social media posts, we, we wasn't sure how much he'd be playing. You know, we'd seem to have lost that love the day of what he'd been getting online and stuff. But it did seem to into a semi-final. And when we got to that stage, it was, you know, there was finding out. For James, it was to be number one. But for the other four, it was about trying to book the place at lightside for whenever that happens mm-hmm. next year. Um, but it was it a was good final. You know, Ryan Murray had match starts, Um But it was... James Hall, who, who nicked it in a very nip-and-tut day, and it, it went both ways. Um, and fair play to James for then over the line.
2: Also, in the ladies' event, Dieter Hedman, is that 228 that I see on, on Twitter? Yes. It's just a shame that the ambassador for the sport, Dieter, has been, has just been incredible. It's just a shame that the crown and glory looks as if it will always pass her by. Picks up ranking titles yeah. and big titles for fun, apart from that one.
1: Yeah, it was disappointing that you played in the Worlds this year. We've seemed to be struggling with an injury. Um, but yeah, the, the level that Dieter is is at just isn't the same level as what we've seen by some of the other women at the world And it, it like that World Championship will never, uh, World Championship, Late Side Championship will never be in her hands, unfortunately. Um, but got over the line in this one, beat Joe. Joe had a very good day, a very good weekend, I should say. Um, but another one, another final, mismatched arts, um, same as in the men's. Um, Detail was able to nick it. Um, Joe, had, like I said, had a good weekend, beat Bo in the quarterfinals. To stop a ridiculous run that Bo had in WDF events of winning, Danes went back to the Isle of Man and the Worlds, obviously. So good uh, run for set to the final, but it's D to progresses to too light side.
2: Yeah, just a couple on this as well. I don't. I, I may be wrong. I don't see her playing goal. but you quite surprised that
3: maybe Lisa Ashton didn't, didn't go and play? Um, potentially. Was she not playing County for Lancashire
2: though? I don't know I didn't look at any of the the county if I'm being honest I didn't look at it
3: Couldn't because there was no Wi-Fi so Darknet was down so I'm not sure she was in the Lancashire squad but Lancashire did win the national title this weekend in Division 1 in the Premiership and she does normally play
2: I think Oh oh, yeah I know gives everything for, for Lancashire which brings me on to another question now you've said that I understand that things have been rescheduled for COVID cancellations and and X, Y, and Z, but all these bodies are, are competing for space at the moment within the amateur game. And I just find it ridiculous that on one weekend, we had the Scottish Open, which is a WDF platinum, county games, and the Magic Weekend, all on the same
3: weekend. That seems... There wasn't supposed to be any county games. Two of them were rearranged, and they were both in the Division 1, so the third-tier division. They were Nottinghamshire's game and Derbyshire's game. Um, Both of them were rearranged from games from January. Um, Both visiting teams had issues with COVID and then may have sent some players to Q School as well, but it happens every bloody year, so you can't actually prove it. Um so they, these games were given a deadline well I believe that our game was going to be in May but as far as I'm aware the, the season ended yesterday so at short notice or short enough notice everybody was told you have to play this weekend find teams etc Magic Weekend was put in the date a long long time ago that was for two fixtures um for the Premier League teams possibly the division one teams the championship teams as well the fact that that clash is with Scotland was a little bit disappointing but obviously the minute Scotland took themselves out of the UK county setup they've always been keen to just do their own thing maybe that was a little bit of a statement from them rather than avoid it I don't really know
2: it's just not a
3: particularly good look I don't think Yeah, right. I think you're always going to get that. The other thing is that we haven't mentioned is there was a shed load of qualifiers this weekend. But trying to pinpoint who qualified for what, home nation qualifier, associate qualifier, etc. I'm not really sure how the order of any of those are picked, etc. But there was an entire weekend of that over in was it Hildesheim? Yeah. Um, We'll come on to that in a second because I've got one picture that I
2: did obviously catch a little bit of it. Um, But yeah, I just find it a little disappointing that players are being asked to pick and choose so much. Um, Like I said, I really like the concept of the magic weekend and with a little bit of work, I think it can be a big thing on the circuit, but obviously when you've got the Scotland's darts, wherever they are, seemingly just sticking two fingers up to everyone else and saying, we'll do what we want. Not ideal. As as, no. as Job said, but I really like I like the concept behind
3: the Magic Weekend. From what I've seen, I've, I've had a conversation with a couple of people. Look, they had TV issues with technology; Wi-Fi went down. So Friday night, the singles started very very late. The final didn't get underway until half two in the morning. That Keegan Brown won as a flyer slash warm up event. Um, a few people grumbling about that food choices, etc., and the venue being card only. Um, look like they could have done with just that little bit more management within the building um, there was no set barrier between playing area and, and seating area but again you just learn to go through those things but like, everything i've read suggests that there was fantastic time I'd, there's a video somewhere going around of ricky evans leading a conga of about 200 people around this massive center it just looks fantastic like everybody had a really really great time i think You're always going to get, I don't want to call them old dinosaurs, but from what it sounds like, most people grumbling are people that don't like change and people that are very set in their ways. And we can do this forever and then realise that actually their county finances are up the shitter and there's a reason that their counties were going to hell a couple of years back and BDO fees and all sorts. So, look, great to try something new. Needs tinkering a little bit, just iron out those issues can see it happening again definitely Um, and actually at that point it would be nice if every division had a magic weekend so at some point within your season there'll be a division one magic weekend and then a a championship magic weekend and a premiership division weekend and Everybody forfeits one home game, one away game to be there. You play two games while you're up there. Everybody in the same room, and everybody in the division is in the same room once. I think that as a concept could work. Have five magic weekends over five different months, etc. Book each team in, and go from there. Yeah, no, I like, like. I don't buy
2: into the whole people moaning about the venue being cashless. We've just come out of two years of COVID, when they were encouraging you to only use your card. So. I find people moaning about that
3: ridiculous, if I'm being completely honest. Somehow, and I actually quite envy them, there are still an awful lot of people in this country that have managed to effectively stay off the grid. Your old boys that work cash jobs and whatever else that just don't trust anybody and everybody with technology or just don't understand it, still pay all their bills via whatever they can and just avoid being a digital footprint anywhere and I actually quite admire them for it especially with like modern time and the way that there's talk of or has been taught especially through COVID of restricting people's access to money if they're not vaccinated etc I quite envy people that could just go on and live their life tomorrow if restrictions such as that on living came in digital or technology or whatever
2: Touching on the qualifiers that it was an absolute minefield to go through however one man Stole the show. Don't get me wrong; he's absolutely done the live league over, but I'll forgive him for this. <laughs> a shock! Sebastian won't be in this phase now. Um, but he qualified for three out of four Euro Tours as a um, associated member qualifier, boys, and after damages at the UK Open. There'll
1: be one or two pros thinking, "I don't want this man in round one or two. or or even later on if he gets there. Does we've seen what he's well, done at the Open? Just, just, gonna, just, just to, tall out, he, just to also call out. Just to also out. He's the the person. He's the only player I think I've told the nine data for on a stream, Dob. Um. Anyway, but what he has done, is he's proven at the Utah Open the levels and performance others. So Certainly, a lot of players are going to want to avoid him, as you've said. Because the levels going to it, and to qualify three out of four is some great achievement with some of the players that were on there. As you said, it's a bit of a minefield looking at who's in what qualifier. But fair play for, to Sebastian in getting through those. I just look at it that he had a great run
2: at the UK Open, gob and. If he can have a good run at these four or sorry, three Euro tours, could he get himself in the European Championships? Could he add more money to his order of merit? And could we see Sebastian Beloetsky heading to the World Championship and maybe doing enough to get his card out right?
3: Big steps for somebody not based in the UK that isn't picking up like Chaz Basto was doing or Or someone like a Scott Williams uh, doing right now. But it's not beyond the realms of possibility, but you have to go deep at these Euro Tours and and rack up the money very, very quickly there. And then you're relying on going deep at a European Championship. But yeah, definitely not beyond the realms of possibility. If he's going to play at the same level that he did play at at the UK Open, then definitely, definitely a threat to seeded players, etc. He will be one that they won't want to play. And if he can continue this form over the year, has to the more you can do to avoid the minefield that is Q school the better. And if he can put himself in a strong enough position either through challenge tour, get it outright. Is he still young enough for development tour as well? He is, isn't he? He's only just yeah. turned eighteen. So if he can get to, no, right, yeah. those are... the issue is you have to be travelling. For somebody Sebastian's age the unfortunate matter is that there's still an awful lot here in the UK that he needs to be here for, so he has to be travelling an awful lot. But um, decent to team behind to him, the UK
2: please, is not an issue.
3: It will happen. Yeah, decent, decent team behind him. I know. Um, <laughs> just needs to make sure he's got out and delivering those games when he gets in. Yeah, um, yeah. Just
2: an unbelievable weekend for Sebastian Belobezki. Uh, good night, Peter. Hope you are good. Um, right We will do this week's Premier League now. Wrong
3: one. That's last week's.
1: All right. Even though I might be able to pick last week's finalist. I think we still wanted it. There we (laughs) (laughs) are. Is that
2: better? Um, We head back to the Emerald Emerald Isle. I can't wait to be going back. to ireland february the 28th 2020 was the last time we were there because of covid i remember it was the last trip it was the last flight i made before the pandemic struck massively but we returned to dublin and this is my favorite premier league night bar none i cannot wait um it looks a very good night boys and like we said earlier We could be done and dusted pretty much for certain players. We're saying they're on the cusp now. Come Friday morning, their Premier League campaigns could be over.
3: Well, one of them, it definitely is. The fact that Mark Smith and Gary Anderson will take on each other is absolutely massive. The loser of that goes home, to to put it bluntly. They're not doing anything in four weeks that can catch up that gap with the amount of points everyone else is going to accumulate over that time and beyond whilst they're not involved in this evening as well so the loser that goes home the winner that could really do with making at least the final and getting on that little bit of a run um but yeah it, it, look that's a decent little lineup tough top section tough bottom section <laughs> it's just premier league in it and uh so why is it your favorite venue oh yeah because you got on the piss the night afterwards
2: yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, four of <laughs> us are going over, I'll be working until the Premier League is done, and then yeah, it's 36 hours on the lash fly home Saturday. Um, no, no I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, to be fair, but chat room. Come and get involved here as well with your score prediction. So, first up, we do have James Wade against MVG. They have met plenty of times so far, Gob. And can your boy do it or is it going to be an early exit?
3: Um, I'm going to James this week. I've, I've not given him as much credit as others have recently. You two have been... In fact, you laughed at me when I said he was going to go to the final that one week. But after that, you started to realise a bit. Cam, on the other hand, has backed James every single week I can remember for the last few weeks whenever we did a fallout bar on a Thursday night before. This may be completely different to what I said on Thursday night as well, actually. Um, But I'm going way to beat Van Gogh now that I'm looking at it again, purely because James has the darts and he's incredibly difficult to break.
1: Boise, are you agreeing or are you going the opposite way? I am agreeing with Dob. Um, pattern since 9 5 has always been MVG final, MVG first round, MVG final, MVG first round defeat. Um, so I'm going to say that continues. I tipped it in week 10, and I'm going to tip it then in this one. It does help massively that the throws with James Wade. I also think we don't see the performance we saw from James Wade last week as much as he did win one of those it wasn't great James Wade and I think he can get the better of MVG this week. Um if he doesn't it does open up that dap a little bit as we will have obviously a winner in the prize Tullan and I think Tullan I know we'll move on to it shortly but I think Jolton closed that dap. So I think Wade needs a win. I think Wade will get a win.
2: I am going MVG to win 6-4, averaging
1: 105.36. <laughs> you might as well just type it in Wikipedia now, Phil. I'm sure you did it the other way. <laughs> no, look, I, I
2: just think that... I think Michael's... He's, I think he's on another level at, at the moment, as as Webby said. and I, I think he just outscores James Wade in this game. Match number two. Gathering Price, Joe
1: Cullen. Big moments here, Boise. For both players, there's a lot on the line in this one. Yeah, I can see, as I was alluding to there, I think Joe Edge is it? Um, it's a big night because the top four play each other, and the, the bottom four meet each other in, in the Dame, in the quarterfinals. Um, so it's Dame two and Dame three, the biggest dames of the night. Um, and for me, I just think Joe Cullen gets over the line. Um, plenty of question marks about Derwin Price at the moment Um, obviously what he's doing bots in charity all that sort of stuff the injury um, I think Joe can get the job done in this one and he'll beat Price 6-4 Go Um, Big big week for
3: go in Price because if Holland does do some damage. Quickly find Go. himself cut off with the others. Yeah, I think Gezi gets her in the last leg.
2: I agree. I think Gezi wins 6-5. I'm going with Gob. I just, I think that After having a real good chat The interview will be out this week with Gezi He knows What's wrong, what needs to be done The boxing is off Now as well He will not box It is just darts So I think Gezi beats Joe Cullen Match number 3 Like we said It is winner takes all the loser goes home. Gob, will it be the master? Will it be the apprentice? Uh Smith wins. So the apprentice?
3: Yes, that one. <laughs> 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 yeah. He teased um,
1: you up there, Gob, as well. You just let him down.
3: Well, he let me down earlier. <laughs> <laughs> First, is beautiful. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I just don't see any fight in Gary Anderson. I think the issue for Smith is, again, he's probably in that position where he just wants it too much. The level of performances aren't quite matching that at the minute, um, and it's affecting him negatively again. But I think he's got enough to put Gary away in this one. For you, boys.
1: Yeah, the only motivation that can be there for Gary at the moment as we're not seeing anything else is the fact that he's up against Michael Smith and we saw him do sort of back and forth at each other when they played each other about these arguments over practising and, um, and much as he puts in. I don't know if Anderson can sort of lift that just for one week against Michael Smith so I'm having to edge towards Michael Smith who you take that Nottingham wait out for Gary Anderson and it's been a dreadful Premier League for and also, I, I think that continues and I think Michael Smith um, wins and wins pretty convincingly. Um, which, oh, to, um, I, don't, I don't need to say negative to Michael Smith at all, but I don't want to see it. So I'd love to see some fighting, in Gary Anderson. Even if it's not going to mean anything for him then in the playoffs, I would just love to see a bit of fight in these final weeks. But Smith wins quite easy. I don't like it when
2: we're going clean sweep. But I agree. I think Michael Smith Beats Gary Anderson. Um, I just just can't put my finger on it, but something is not right with Gary right now. And sadly, I think Bully Boy gets the better of him. Wouldn't surprise me as well if we see a Gary Anderson dart change. If the scallop one comes out, he just tries something.
3: (laughs) Gets up there, chucks him. See how it goes. First couple of legs, be competitive. Drop off.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the if the scallop one come out. Last one, these two meet for the four hundredth time in twelve nights, Um or it seems it anyway. Peter Wright, Johnny Clayton. Are, are we all in agreement? This goes eleven legs.
1: Yes. No. But on on this occasion. It goes against the throw. We've spoken a few times of it being an advantage, but I think it goes against the throw. And I think Peter Wright wins it, but yeah, in eleven for me.
2: What are you saying, Gob?
3: I've got snake bite as well. And I got him in ten legs. I'm pretty sure I had a Johnny Clayton, Michael Van Kerwin final on fallout battle Thursday <laughs> night. <This is> absolutely. <laughs> I just got both go them out. I told Cam to start um, writing them down this week and all. absolute. In fact, Cam, what? Let me, I'm going to message Cam um, and find out what I had. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm going for a Johnny Clayton 6'5", purely because he has the darts. And I've said this quite a lot in close games. I think I think Johnny edges it 6'5", because he has the darts. Um, and I think we'll have a 1-2-1 one, one traditional point to the side camera from Johnny at some point as well. But it wouldn't surprise me if Peter won 6'5", either. Um, th- these two are that closely, closely matched, but I think having the darts could be the key factor in this one. So I'm going to go Johnny. So chat room as well.
3: From I mean, your gone, right? since week one, but he has made five of the last six semi finals, so he's starting to just put it together a little bit. It's just the back end of the night. Mm. Um,
2: so chat room as well who wins and who do they beat in the final from your selections that you made, Gob?
3: I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Know. Uh, Snakebite beats Wading. That's definitely not what I had on Thursday night. Oh, Lee's got the same. For Christ's sake. <laughs> Jeff,
1: Jeff, Jeff, right. Jeff, Jeff, what how it plans out. I just can't see anyone outside the top four dating in these finals, and for me, that's why I had Peter, or James Wade, and I've done right to win it in mine as well. <laughs> um, yeah. That's why my head was shaking as soon as you picked it. Luckily, you, you can go back and say, oh, I picked another one on the 4 bar on Thursday. But yeah, Peter Wright beats James Wade on Thursday.
2: For me, we have a repeat of the final in Aberdeen. For me, they, these two are the best players in the world right now on current form but this time I'm going the opposite for the op- for the same reasons that I said last time I said I fancied Johnny in Aberdeen because he had the darts I'm flipping it this time I think MVG beats Johnny in the final because MVG is at the top of the draw this time I just think that between the top four, having the, have been, being that top half of the draw makes such a difference at the moment.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, think yeah. I, do, I do worry as well for the Premier League, the back end of the season, if mine and Dobbs prediction is right. Because I think if Peter Wright and James Wade are in that final, in whatever way that final result comes, that DAP just becomes even bigger. And we've just got a race for top position that means absolutely nothing in regards to prize money or just to say I'll finish top of the Premier League lead table. Um so I hope I hope it doesn't happen so we can have some sort of excitement to that lead table. But I just see them four being stronger than the other four by quite a significant bit at the moment. So that separated even more and that happens anyway if Desi if Desi beats Joe Thullen, and then Desi doesn't win the semi-final whoever he plays that DAP will potentially draw anyway so
2: interesting scenario did we have we missed anything else in a week of darts boys um uh, 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 whilst you're doing that, we have a clip up of Josh Payne. The interview went up on our YouTube channel today. Bearing in mind we have loads of interviews over the next four or five days for you, but this is a clip from Josh. So after the live lounge, go and check this one out.
3: Just look at myself, my own game, and I know what I can play like, and I know what I've got to do to get back there, and that's the most important thing. I mean, if I was looking around, searching, thinking, I don't know what to do now, I don't know what to do, but I know that going to be hard and i know i've got to work hard but i'm ready for that
2: if i say to you five years down the line where do you think you'll be and what do you think you've would achieved What, what would you be happy with
3: i'd like to be sitting in the top 16 you know i'm not going to be unrealistic it's very tough these days top 16 top 12 would be really good really really good one with josh talks
2: openly about the fight to keep his card out. I wasn't really concentrating on it at all because obviously we all know the the same things, the, the publicised stuff that you had going on in his personal
3: life. But he seems in a really good space now, boys. Playing some good stuff yes. as well. It's been very difficult to look past him whenever he has been in the live league, which was fiercely competitive in the last phase and by the looks of things will be fiercely competitive once again in this phase from the names that I know that are gonna be in outright this week some of the names that are joining later on i'm pretty sure phil might be able to give everybody a little bit of a teaser on who that lineup is in a little bit um i've just been sent my predictions from um thursday night by the way uh apparently i said mvg beats right in that one (laughs) you're confident confident on
1: one thing you're confident on one thing dog which is the
3: opposite way here
2: Uh, I think um so in, in this week's um live league, i we have to make a couple of changes later on in the phase, but group A will be Keelan K, Matthew Edgar, Scott Williams, Lee Evans, Gary Robson, and Jim McEwen. Group B, Dave Pallett, Stephen Burton, Graham Hall.
3: In group C, Cobbs Mates in. I know. I was chatting to him about it yesterday. He's very, very excited.
2: Uh, Peter Rhys uh, Colley and Johnny Haynes makes up um, group or week one. Um, just so people are aware, this phase, there will be no seniors in there because Champions Week clashes with the World Seniors Masters.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. So, no seniors in this phase, unfortunately. Well, um, but none that are in the masters because Jim McEwen's in week one, and yeah. he is a senior. Yeah, card holder. Anyone... Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and anyone that have qualified for it. Yes, it is women's series this weekend, Sam. That's a good one. We haven't really. I don't think we've really spoken about this one. That with the women's series coming up, look, she should still come through this. But the PDC have put Fallon in a little bit of a difficult and awkward situation with the women's series. That Holland, the Dutch World Series event, and the New Zealand one fall on women's series events. Boys, not really thought this one through, have they?
3: No. Not really. No, they haven't. Once again, clearly, absolutely not. And look, there are more players in the women's game than Fallon. There are certainly more people at the World Series than Fallon. But when all the conversation for the last 18 months has been just how marketable Fallon Cherrick is, when you're making her choose between your events, rather than having them scheduled to a point where she's available for everything, you're being a little bit daft. Uh, go can
2: you fill for a second? Because I need to
1: go to, need to go to the loo. So you can fill for a second and Please. speak to the chat room. Dob, just oh, just on that just point. See in yourself
3: in this one. one, knowing that you interviewed her in the week and it's not ready yet, and we'll be one of another coming out <laughs> throughout the week. And just drop
1: us on it. Yeah, brilliant. Cheers. One 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 I would mention is it's interesting because obviously the there's a lot of events to play for the world championships, and that's obviously the photos across the year. But there's other stuff throughout. We've just seen Bo pick up a world championship and play some incredible darts to that to there. If she then comes over and plays in more of these events, what that potentially does is at the moment, let's be honest, there's a bit of a two way fight to who finishes top of the rankings, and it's Lisa and Fallon. Fallon's then going to drop out, and Lisa's start probably puts her favourite at the minute. Be hard to disagree with that. But if Bo then comes over and Bo puts in the performances we've seen, even this weekend, she's had a run to a quarter final. You know, she can't go on and win them all. Yes, she's an incredible talent, but we didn't see that from, say, Phil when he was at Peter V's name, so if Bo then comes over, and I spoke to a lot the week at Lakeside and there's stock decisions to make on that, but what that certainly does is if Bo then does come over, it then potentially throws up that battle for top two. There's other people who didn't come into that, but it opens potentially up that battle for top two, which is unfair for me on Fallon, because yes she deserves to beat the these um world series events but equally shouldn't have an impact on the qualifying for the world championships
2: um yeah obviously as god said i did interview her it'll be out this week andrew um so 100 percent she will play on the sunday event after holland like you say if if she loses in the first round she does plan to come straight back for it she will definitely play in 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 on the Sunday, regardless, the New Zealand one's a little bit different because the expense it's it's almost all or nothing, isn't it? With the Oshat leg of the World Series, you you commit to all three or you don't do all three, isn't it? Um yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what they're getting paid, but the appearance fee for three TV events. It's
1: not to be sniffed at. It's not to be. Get, but if if you if it's at it the impact to of not appearing at the world, I Yeah. Sorry, Dave. No, don't mate. Don't that was what I was saying, just if the, if she turns one
3: down, she might not get an invite back again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's that, but also there's the flipping that that if she turns one down and she might get the invite then. But if she turns up to one and then it has an impact on the Worlds and not qualifying for the Worlds, which the level that she's putting over that since the Women's Series has been in has been incredible and she should do enough anyway if she continues that performance. But just imagine the impact that would have on not just Fallon, but actually on the PDC if we got to the World Championships this year and Fallon wasn't in it because she missed out by a a few hundred because of it. um, The impact that could have on the PDC for for putting these overlapping but yeah I totally get why she would go to the um, the World Series because the money and not just the money this year they're not on effect for next year and the year after if she goes on and picks one up or gets to a final like she did last year um, that would be massive for her but still to make sure it doesn't have an impact on her qualifying for the Worlds which hopefully it doesn't
2: yeah fingers crossed um but it'll be good to see. Um, right, so chat room is open, as always, everyone. Get your questions in. Um, we're
3: going to start. Doing that one is in there. There's one already in there from Marcus. It says, tour card holders won't be allowed to play on the CDC tour in 2023. Is this a good move? Yes. Potentially but it's only a good move
2: if all the others follow suit. I
3: mean, it's already a thing on the DPA, although they have made exceptions in years gone by. Again, it's a little bit... With everything, when you're building anything exposure and high profile names etc are key to getting that off the ground it's at what point do you then make that decision that everything's ranking and if you've got access to one route you shouldn't be going down another route etc um see it with the invites that the world seniors are giving out at the minute etc rather than 32 order merit places there's a lot of invites names that will bring people to the tour in particular and then as it grows and grows you'll see a more Sustainable model that is players that go to open series and your qualifiers make up more of your TV field. It, it's the natural progression. So the CDC sort of needs some of these guys to still be playing to draw that attention up, I think. But then the backdoor entries to things like the world championships need to be cut off.
2: That's, that's the issue
1: yeah, it's that, the backdoor entries that come with it yeah that, that's my my thoughts on it and that's why I think it's a good decision because at the moment there isn't a sort of stop there um, I've made it clear a lot of times around once you're on the PDC tour you shouldn't be on anything else um, I'll stick by that with everything whether it be Dev are well, um, yeah. CDs <laughs> um. well you have let's be honest but yeah for me if you're on that you shouldn't be able to compete into you shouldn't be able to compete in any other tour or you shouldn't have another opportunity to qualify for the world championships because you've got a tour card and been able to compete in everything else throughout the year so for me it's the right decision but it needs to be ironed out across all all separate tours to the pro, uh, to the PDC ranting system because once you've got a tour, tour you should be able to enter those um, yes it can have an impact on form yes you might have a pro tour and then not play them for six eight weeks um, when we have the break in the summer if you're not on the World Series you're not playing competitive darts at a professional level but for me you take that when you go to tour. and if you're made aware of that at the start I think that's that should be what the deal is so of it is a good move.
2: I agree. Um, Tommy says, Do you think the Premier League format will change next year? I think it may be tweaked, but I think we will see at least another year of this nightly tournament.
1: I'm not. I'm not opposed to the nightly tournament. It's just the the same eight players in a nightly tournament and a league table that we're not talking about much. We're talking about now just as a massive separation uh, in that table, but really to too many to the end we mentioned that there's a league table. Um, and it might be that in a couple of weeks' time, it's forgotten about it then, and we're in the back end of a tournament. So it needs to change in the sense of, I'm not opposed to the tournament, but not with the same eight players every week. Do I think it will change? I'm not convinced Phil, even a tweet. I still think it might be the same next year. I've still, I think they'll give it another year before any changes.
3: For you, God? Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as Lee. We saw it with the contenders that they tried, they let it run for the second year, just to see first when you're introducing something, you're always going to get people going hot or cold they're either going to love it or be massively against change. That second year is when you either convert more people in your favour or you push more away. And I think they'll take that risk. They'll run it a second year because it keeps all of their venues happy that they're probably already in conversations with to keep the format as long as it is, as much as we'd like to see it rotate between a couple of them. For instance, Liverpool, Manchester, Leeds, you only need two out of three of those on the calendar. You only need two out of three of Sheffield, Nottingham and Birmingham on the calendar at any one time etc they're not about to start dropping venues like that for the chance they might not get back into those venues they are high demand big event arenas so as long as they can keep everybody happy commercially for another year the thing is they need to be having conversations about it now they need a team behind it with ideas and, and coming up with formats and solutions and analyzing every last little detail down to how the points play out etc because again this last one just felt a little bit rushed when they put it together
1: dob you know they should do they should send out a should send out a survey to all the fans maybe see what happens on the back of that
2: I forgot, the World Cup was, I forgot the World Cup was only a month, month and a half away.
1: wonder Damn. if there's any changes after the survey.
3: <sighs> <laughs> uh,
2: if, well, Peter kind of let the cat out of the bag that Hendo's in, didn't he? On Thursday.
3: Sounds it. <laughs>
2: Wonder I if, wonder if Gary's been told. Why was I told i have been asked?
1: <laughs> uh, 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 has he been told about last year yet? Yeah. Probably doesn't know about that yet, does he? <laughs> uh,
3: um, Gary couldn't be able so, to drive from Bernamonte to Bristol, for Christ's sake. He's not going to be bothered about not going to Germany.
2: Um, <laughs> um, so, Are you guys going to stream the women's series? Uh, yes, we will. Um... I will definitely be here on Sunday, potentially some of Is that what I think I'm it fine. means, Gob? Yeah. I think I man. Gob will be doing Saturday, <laughs> hopefully with someone, and I'll jump on when I'm back. God, I don't fly till about half one. So I'll be back for the last couple of hours, but then I shall be back with Gob on Sunday for the women's series. Um, so yes, we will be covering it as always. Uh, no, Daniel, I'm not going to the Euro tour this week. I'm extra day in Dublin for me. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Andrew, you are absolutely bang on, and I'd love to hear the conversations that went on if Hendo is in, as Peter right seem to tell the
1: world to be honest i do think there should be a rule that if you are reigning world top champions you should be back as the same pairings. however and i know you're going to disagree with me phil I can tell by your face already however because that isn't at the moment it would be That's very very unfair and i i haven't got an issue with the
2: reigning champions Defending their Being title, the but but because there's been no president set before, I think it's it's dangerous. Yeah, I don't know. I think Gob's in in agreement with that as well. Yeah, just. Have a look to see what the pairings have been over the years, as in defending champions and what they've... So, <laughs> Taylor... What was it? There... There was... So there was no World Cup in 2011 where they went... Up. 2010, straight to 2012. So, if that's the case, Barney played with Vincent, so Coe Stompy didn't get the chance to defend. I know we're talking ages ago with this. 2014... Yeah, that stayed as Taylor Lewis. Twenty seventeen. That's when Taylor retired. So there hasn't been too many occasions. It's it's happened. Um. Yeah, interesting one. Um, well, so I suppose we we'll have to wait and see it on the parents' boys to see if it is
1: Hendo. Well, it's not just um, it's see if it is Hendo, and to see what sort of conversation has then happened with, first of all, Doug Anderson, because on with Dob, I don't expect to see him there, but he's in a position where we should be asked. If then he's not playing, then Suits should be asked. Um, can you not see unsuited Suits turning that down?
2: Not just Suits. Andy Bolton is above Hendo as well. So there's actually two players <laughs> yeah, above Hendo yeah. in the rankings.
3: He's about as Scottish as I am. <laughs>
1: Peter,
3: so Peter right? Right? So peter, right, play
2: right. play that.
1: would that mean if no, i just sh- read bolton. them a couple of times when i'm
3: bullying people
1: so does peter right andy bolton playing as a doubles pairing for stock doubles pairing in the world Cup mean that we've got two chances of winning as england is that what it means <laughs> <laughs> just trying to look to it positively from an england point of view. that <laughs>
3: Is that why when the crowd is singing Scotland get battered everywhere they go, Peter Wright keeps winning?
2: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, interesting. Uh, Bob says, in each venue for the Premier League, do you think there should be a player from the nation um, as in the only place without one is Dublin and Belfast?
3: And the finals night in Berlin. You wouldn't see yeah. that. In the past, it's not really been an issue because you've had the likes of Daryl Gurney or Brendan Dolan in there. You can't keep shoehorning players in just because they were born in a specific country. Yeah, and That's what the World Great. Series is
2: for. Uh, Raven, yeah, I've heard Dublin Airport's interested at the moment. And how far can suits go? Top 16 from Tommy? Um, not for me. Top 32 think he can make but there's been quite a drop-off this year and for me that the job he does is amazing but I think it's hard to juggle that job and be a top 16 dark player I don't think it's don't think it's physically possible if I'm being honest and then he's he's got a choice to, to to make um so yeah Um, Craig says, Who's your um picks for the top four on the women's series, lads? It um becomes very difficult
1: on for this weekend or end of or year. Over- There's a name that she had to play in it this year, who, for me, that's in the top four. She plays more than half of the events in both. That's that's oh, probably the issue. I'm
2: genuinely not convinced she plays in any.
1: Uh, yeah, as I was saying, um, when you had your little 30-second break, Phil, um, oh. that the conversations I had with her, she was very 50-15. It was a change of mind from day to day. I think the fact she's now done and lifted that she will want to be at the match by. I expect to see her. I just don't know if we'll see her enough to break into the top two, but I think probably more than do enough to be in the top four because there's a lot of players there who, like Thursday is very impressive. We are seeing a lot of, obviously you've seen a lot of these on the um, women's series as well that and being around that but it's how consistent they are where if Bo turns up for half of these she will be in that mix for the top four. Well,
2: oh, she'll be at 100% um, but
1: Even even only playing half.
2: But to get in that top four she'd need to play at least half for me.
1: Yeah, um, it, it, it... Rianne's probably the other one who I was very, very impressed with, yeah. and I can see Rianne getting in that. Um, in that, Lorraine seems to be confident the dames coming back, so they would probably be. Lorraine and Rianne would probably be with Fallon and Lisa, but Lloyd like says Bo has a bit impact on that. Also, a couple of others who have focused on the WDF at the start of the year with the world coming up. Be interesting to see what names are, are down for this weekend. Which is what, Wednesday? Did we see the list maybe? Wednesday, Thursday? The
2: the problem is, for those that are genuinely concentrating on Lakeside, the fact it clashes with Denmark, they've still got the same issue. Because Denmark's a gold event for the WDF. A
3: bit prettier than Wigan as well. Only just. (laughs) Right next to what was the DW, weren't you? JJB. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I think it's nicely balanced, to be fair. You still got Trina floating around. She did not have a nice draw at all last time. Kirstie Hutchinson, expecting a kick on from her. Um, Rianne O'Sullivan is lingering down in 20 if it took her four events to get going in the last one. Yeah. Um, if we see Bo, that's massive. Um, obviously, refereed quite a few of the Derbyshire ladies again. Jane Densley's in ninth position. She played on the Saturday this week instead of the Sunday. She had to work on the Sunday. She averaged 73 and a half and didn't break a sweat. Hasn't picked the darts up since the last women's series. Cause she just couldn't be bothered. She's genuinely got a lot of talent. 100%.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, what else of it? We... Uh, just going back to the World Cup. John says, I'm next in line after suits. <laughs> um, do you think they should play the National Anthems as the players walk out of the World Cup? No, not for
3: me. And there's there's two things for this. One... Notice what the teams are actually called at the PDC World Cup. They're, they're team something and team something because they're not actually affiliated to any national body. You are representing your country, but at the same time, you're sort of not. Yeah. And it just destroys the atmosphere. Like, nah. Um, just looking at
2: something here. Where... No, at the m- moment, Team Ireland will be Willie O'Connor and Steve Lennon still, but Keane Barry is within – that's an interesting subplot for the next block of Pro Tours. Keen Barry is within striking distance of Steve Lennon.
1: Very close. Very, Very close. A lot closer 40 was.
2: Yeah. Um, is Suzuki coming back over? I, I'm led to believe she planned to. Yes. Tommy says, which six players would you have on your dark team, dead or alive, that are not from the UK? Well, good question.
1: Sit not from the UK.
2: UK, dead or alive, who you'd have on your Dart team. Matt Campbell, Simon Whitlock, Corey Cadby. Raymond Smith, Danny Lowby, Devin Peterson. Just for an absolute love. I've got I've got right. Mine's quite different. I think that'd be a great side.
1: I've i added Devonon Devonon for that reason, but I've done i was got three yeah, but Australians the, and two Dutch
3: But yeah, but the obvious one is pick
2: MVG and everything like this. I've just gone for a bit of a
3: bit of a giggle side. You've gone now. Let's ignore all of Europe as well. It was named non UK, and you've just gone. Oh yeah, all of this continent next <laughs> one that we <we've> may have once <laughs> owned is now still yeah. part of the UK. Yeah, well, I just
2: think for for my final is that
3: you. <laughs> um I'll go here. I'm going to well wild rogue.
1: I've I've done Devon Diamond Heta. Paul Anderson Paul Anderson Simon Whitlock MVG, Barney Done A mixture of having a great time and a mixture of some outstanding darts I'm all for that
2: Oh no, actually I'd shoehorn Vincent into my team just for the crack in the pub
1: Are you you letting him pick the venue? (laughs) <laughs> Otherwise it might not turn up. Uh...
3: Yes, um... I've gone with you players that one? I've met or played against. Clash out. So at like number, number one Number one, it's the man with the most sugars in a cup of tea you will ever meet in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Rose Shulton, who has 12 sugars just in his tea. 15? 15. 15 sugars, whatever it was. Yeah, no word of a lie. Just ridiculous water. 15. Uh, number two, John Putt. Uh, number three, Mark Mile High Hilton, one of the nicest gentlemen you will ever meet. First player it's I ever me, played in yeah. exhibition. Oh shit, of course he is. Duh. Okay, that narrows <laughs> it down because I had a splash. So now I've got I've got the bad boys at the back end. That's stupid. Uh number three, Kyle. Obviously. Yeah. Um, hero of mine. Uh number four
1: is Paul Lim. Oh, great choice, Dob, great choice.
3: And then number five and six, bringing up the rear with that little bit of bad boy aggression is Yella Klassen and Corey Cadby. The first time I ever met Corey, he came to my house, was sat on the sofa just before the UK Open qualifiers, after he'd won the World Youth year before. And he just looked at Kyle and went, I'm going to win one of these qualifiers. You should try and do the same and then we're set for the year.
2: (laughs) And he did it. Uh, I've never known anybody like it. I I stand by it. If we never see Corey Cadby play professional darts again, it is the biggest waste of a talent the darting world has ever seen because that boy oh. had it all. <laughs> John <O'Shea>,
3: he's automatic.
2: <laughs> he just, oh. uh, <laughs> honestly, Corey had had it all. He had balls. He was exciting, explosive, and just generally didn't care what anyone thought of him.
3: Drink, drank like a tart though. <laughs> um, Wkd for a man of gory side that must have been like drinking a fucking panda pop.
2: <laughs> um, everyone, we are deep into Fergie time. Honestly, the two hours has flown by tonight. Loved every single minute of it. It's been uh, genuinely one of my favourite shows. It's been a fabulous couple of hours. Plenty coming up on online darts. The live league returns tomorrow for phase three we have bundles of interviews going out this week we've stockpiled them all um so they'll be coming out over the next few days dublin we will be there for that we will be streaming the women's series as well this weekend so loads and loads going on gents it's been absolutely superb everyone in the chat room give yourselves a huge round of applause because we can't do it without your support like we say we've got a couple of really good giveaways coming up when we hit some big big numbers um which is which is great um close to that 25k mark now so fabulous stuff i've been phil bars jack gobby garwood lee Boyce. thank you very much as always we have been online darts and we will see you all very very soon there's us signing out